In January of 2020, Kaislin Noel Roberts was a beautiful 20-year-old girl struggling to find her way in the world. She had a family that loved her. She had a great childhood. But despite her support system, Kaislin still found herself in the wrong crowd and dabbling with drugs. Kaislin missed a court date on January 17th, 2020. On January 18th, Kaislin was allegedly causing a scene at a Flying J truck stop in Resaca, Georgia, off of Highway 75. An associate called 911, but Kaislin fled the store, dropping and leaving behind her backpack and everything in it, which included cash, her wallet, her ID, her phone charger, and even her car keys. Kaislin would not be seen again. This episode of Where Are They? features the baffling, unsolved disappearance of 20-year-old Kaislin Noel Roberts. everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Where Are They? Our podcast goal is to bring awareness and attention to these unsolved cases. We hope one day these cases can be solved. A few housekeeping notes about our podcast. I am really excited that we have launched the Charity of the Month this month, and we are featuring the Charlie Project. This has been a long-term goal to find ways to help the families and organizations that we talk about here. Please check out charlieproject.org for their story and information on their mission. They are an instrumental resource in missing persons cases, and I fully support Megan and her database that she has created over there. We have also launched our Patreon group page. If you are interested in joining our Patreon detectives, please check out the link in our show notes. We will also share the link on social media. You can join our detective ranks starting at just $3 a month, and we will be making a donation out of that every month to our charity focus. We will also be giving away some free swag and offer special perks to our members. Our storefront is also up and running. We will post a link to that also. So go grab yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, water bottle, or fanny pack and support the show and our charities. The Patreon and storefront was set up to help us in raising money for our charities of the month. Okay, so let's get back to the reason we are here. Where is Kieslin Noel Roberts? Kieslin Noel Roberts was born on October 22, 1999 to Eric and Shannon Roberts. Kieslin was their only child and was quickly given the nickname Butterfly by her parents. She was adored and loved by both parents and grew up in Dalton, Georgia. Her father owned and operated Eric Roberts Trucking, also located in Dalton, 
and by all accounts, Kieslin had a very normal and happy childhood. She was an active Color Guard member in high school, and both parents were involved in all of her activities growing up. Her dad even served on the board for her Color Guard. In her late teen years, however, Kieslin's dad, Eric, said that she found herself with the wrong crowd and began dabbling with drugs. It started with some marijuana use and then allegedly escalated to methamphetamines. She had some brushes with the law because of her drug use, even right up to her disappearance. But her family said that she knew she needed help and she was working to try and get herself out of the situation she was in. At the time of her disappearance, Kieslin was living with her boyfriend in Chatsworth, Georgia. And not much information is actually shared about this boyfriend or even his identity, but he has not ever been a person of interest in her case. On January 17th, 2020, Kieslin didn't show up for a court date. This was a hearing regarding a previous drug charge. The sheriff's office and media outlets have come out and said that a warrant was issued on that day for Kieslin for not appearing in court. However, Kieslin's parents have come out and said that that is false information. The warrant wasn't actually issued until January 21st, 2020, a few days after she'd already gone missing. Now, on January 18th, 2020, Kieslin entered a Flying J truck stop off of Highway 75 in Resaca, Georgia. She entered the back part of the store, a part that was only meant for employees, and after being asked to leave that area, she apparently caused a bit of a scene, enough so that a worker there called 911. Kieslin then dropped her backpack, which had her ID, wallet, money, and phone charger in it, and then fled the store. Deputies have confirmed that they were called to the Flying J on that day to investigate, but it would actually be a couple of days before an official missing persons report is filed for Kieslin. Kieslin's dad, Eric, said on Monday, January 20th, he received a call from Kieslin's probation officer that she had not shown up as scheduled for their appointment. He also learned at this time she had not shown up for her January 17th court hearing. So Eric, unable to reach his daughter, drove out to where she had been living, her boyfriend's place in Chatsworth, Georgia. Her boyfriend told Eric that he had not seen Kieslin in a few days. And as Eric was leaving the boyfriend's house, he actually yelled out to Eric and said, I know where her car is. It's parked up at the Flying J. So Eric, of course, gets in his car and speeds up to the Flying J and sure enough, found her car parked in the back of the car parking area, backed into a spot. The car was locked and inside was her purse and the car keys, but no sign of Kieslin anywhere. Eric immediately begins to panic and feels very unsettled. He calls the Gordon County Police Department as that's where the car was found. But when they came out and talked to Eric, they told him he needed to call Murray County 
since that's the county where she lived. Gordon County apparently took no interest in the case and in helping Eric and just advised him it had to go through Murray County. So it took him a few hours to actually get someone to come talk to him from Murray County. And they also seemed disinterested in the case, according to Eric. And Eric believes that because of Kieslin's lifestyle and her checkered past, they just didn't take the case seriously, figuring she took off with a boyfriend, she took off with a guy, she was having a bender, lots of different reasons they felt that she wasn't around and honestly did not believe there was a crime or anything for them to investigate. It would actually take five days for a detective from Murray County to reach out to Eric about his daughter's case. When that detective finally talked to Eric, Eric told him the circumstances of finding her car locked up at the Flying J with most of her belongings in it. He asked them if they would like to search the car, fingerprint it, but the detective told him that there was no need to do any of that as there was no evidence of a crime. So Keeslin's family was growing more and more frustrated and began searching the area on their own. The community rallied together and it was actually civilians and community members and family that was out searching for Keeslin. The police also did not ask for any surveillance footage from Flying J or even cell phone records, which I find completely odd. Even when there's a delay in requesting those, it's a pretty common thing to request in a missing persons case. And in fact, to this day, a year later, that has still not been done. Meanwhile, another person had been reported missing, allegedly also last seen at the same Flying J on January 16th, just two days before Keeslin was last seen in the same spot. Caleb Nathaniel Smith disappeared from the same exact Flying J location. His body would actually be found a few weeks later on February 3rd, in Sugar Valley, which is about five miles from the Flying J truck stop. He was found naked and in a marshy swampland. Detectives immediately ruled it an overdose, but many people have questions about that. For instance, the weather was cold and the police theorized that he left the Flying J on foot and walked this five miles naked, only to overdose in a swampland five miles away. And a lot of people also question the fact that his car was parked just five spots down from Keeslin's car, also backed into the spot just like Keeslin's was. This was also an area where there was no surveillance cameras. Despite all of that information, Caleb's death was never investigated as anything more than an overdose. When Keeslin's parents heard the news about Caleb, they rushed over to the spot where his body was found. Since Keeslin and Caleb didn't know each other as far as anyone knew, the police have stated these two incidences are unrelated. 
but Eric wanted to search the land where Kieslin was found. So he reached out to the landowner who originally gave him permission to search on his land. It was about 50 to 60 acres, and a lot of it was wetlands and marshland. But Eric wanted to make sure that Kieslin's body wasn't there also. However, the night before Eric was going to go search, the landowner actually called him and told him, no, he couldn't search the land after all. Eric has said that that wasn't going to stop him. He didn't care. And he went and searched anyways. However, nothing was found to lead them to Kieslin. Now, Eric goes back to talk to the employees himself at the Flying J. He has stated over and over his disapproval in the police and their investigation, as he said nobody was ever questioned at the Flying J. So he went to talk to some employees there, and he learned that the Flying J actually has very few surveillance cameras and actually none in the parking lot areas. Family and friends, after learning this, and the entire community, in fact, have started an online petition to try and require truck stops like the Flying J to provide more cameras. If you do a search online, you will find that petition, and if you're interested, you can sign that petition and help out. An employee at the Flying J was able to tell Eric that the night Kieslin was causing a scene in the store, she had apparently told somebody that she was meeting a man there, but she never identified the man or who that was. Now, weeks have gone by with very little done on the case by law enforcement. Eric then receives a text message from a Flying J employee that he had talked to previously, and it stated that they had discovered some clothing hidden under trees behind the dumpster area. Eric got this text around 10 p.m., and he immediately fled to the Flying J that night to check it out. Even though it was around 11 p.m. when he got there, he went out, searched the whole entire area with a flashlight, found the clothing, and Eric and Kieslin's mom, Shannon, were able to identify that the clothing was indeed Kieslin's. So the Roberts call the police who come out and bag up the clothing as possible evidence, but they said they cannot send it off for testing because there was no sign of a crime. Eric and Shannon, of course, wanted their daughter's clothes tested for blood, for DNA, or anything that might lead them or give them a clue as to where Kieslin is. During this whole time, Eric Roberts has used his trucking business to help spread the word of Kieslin, and the community has rallied together. It's actually very heartwarming to see all of these truckers come together. There's a lot of groups. They're all talking about Kieslin in the trucker industry to keep their eye open for her. Many have donated money to Eric and Shannon to help with their reward that they're offering. And with the push that Eric has done through his business, they have received some tips of unconfirmed sightings that have come from Oklahoma City, Dallas, Texas, and South Bend, Indiana. No one knows for sure if those were indeed sightings of Keeslin. And Eric is asking that if anyone thinks they might see her, 
don't wait to let him know and to call the local authorities right away. He said in the past, there's been some instances where there's been a delay and a lot can happen in a day or two between when they let the authorities know and when they actually saw her there. The Roberts family has also offered up a reward. The reward started at $2,000 for Keeslin's whereabouts, no questions asked. And through donations and a GoFundMe that they have running, they've been able to up that reward to $20,000. And again, the Roberts family is personally offering up this reward and have promised anonymity, no questions asked. All they want is their daughter. Now for some interesting points of information regarding this case. This part of Georgia is located in between Atlanta and Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's an area of Georgia that is known for drug use. In fact, a nearby area that consists of a few neighboring counties, is referred to as the Heroin Triangle. The area where Keeslin went missing from, directly next door to the Heroin Triangle, is known for having a serious methamphetamine problem. Now, where this Flying J is located, even though it's off of Highway 75, a pretty big thoroughfare, as I mentioned, running from Atlanta to Chattanooga, Surrounding the Flying J are fields, a lot of rural land, woods, mountains, and even behind the store and the truck stop itself, there's a river that runs that is said to be a pretty deep and swift flowing river. And interestingly enough, and not necessarily related, is that there have been several other disappearances from Flying J truck stops in the last few years, such as the disappearance of Lillian Payne in South Carolina and Jason Fowler in Wichita Falls, Texas. So a lot of rumors are running rampant that there could be a truck driver responsible for all of these, and he or she has access to all of these truck stops and, of course, traveling the country. There is nothing whatsoever to lead to that theory, but some investigators unrelated to the case have said that a truck stop is a crime of opportunity. There's a lot of comings and goings at a truck stop. They're often open 24 hours you see people from all walks of life there. And it can be a hotbed for illegal activity. Now, Caleb Smith's family believes that there are a lot of similarities, actually, between Keeslin's case and Caleb's. For instance, the location of the cars parked just out of reach of the cameras, five spaces apart, and both backed in. They were both 20 and 21 years old, and they went missing just two days apart from each other. It's hard to ignore those facts, even if they might just be coincidences. So what are the theories in Keeslin Roberts' disappearance? Number one, did Keeslin just walk away from her life? With her problems with drugs and the law, this is a possibility. The part 
that I have a hard time believing here is that she was fairly close with her parents. And even if she needed to leave for a while, it would be hard to believe that she wouldn't have checked in with her parents by now, over a year later. Next, we have the theory of foul play. Another likely possibility, seeing as the crowd she was running with and the fact that we have absolutely no sign of her. But we also have no sign of a crime anywhere either. And where is she? And with the foul play theory, are we looking at a random act of somebody who was just passing by at that truck stop? Or was it somebody that she possibly knew? Theory number three is a drug overdose. This is what police have stated happened to Caleb Smith, and she did have a drug problem, so perhaps she overdosed. But again, it's hard to overdose and hide your own body. Unless she wandered off to an obscure location, which there were plenty of in that area. So this is another theory that we can't rule out. Theory number four, abduction. The truck stop poses a crime of opportunity for abductions. As I said, they're busy, they're open 24 hours, filled with lots of people, lots of coming and going, and a lot can go unnoticed, especially, as we have learned, the lack of security cameras out in the lots. In October of 2020, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations has taken over the case, but it still doesn't seem much is being done from law enforcement. Many people have reached out to them for comment, including media outlets, but they have not spoken about what is happening in the Keeslin Roberts case. From what we do know, it doesn't sound like the police are doing very much to help find Keeslin or even take her disappearance very seriously. I always like to keep an open mind and I don't like to pass judgment. There's always two sides to every story. But without the police coming forward to tell us that they are working the case, it's really hard to justify their actions or lack of actions as we just don't know what they are doing to find Keeslin. And from what we hear and read, it seems they aren't doing much, unfortunately. So this is one of those cases that can benefit greatly from the public. Please share Keeslin's story, share her name, Go like her Facebook page that was set up by her family, Missing Keeslin Roberts, and continue to help keep Keeslin's name out there. Someone has to know something or someone needs to be on the lookout for her. Something needs to be done. And if Keeslin is alive and well, maybe she will see how hard her parents are working to bring her home and she will reach out to them. Keeslyn Roberts is a 20-year-old Caucasian female. She is 5 foot 6, about 120 pounds, with blonde hair and has a sea turtle tattoo on her lower right arm. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of Keeslyn Noel Roberts, please call the Georgia Bureau of Investigations at 706-624-1424. Or contact Eric Roberts directly at 
0069. A quick thank you to the Charlie Project, our charity of the month, and the Stories of the Unsolved blog for getting Keeslin's name out there and helping it rank in those Google searches. Also, a reminder to make sure you are following us on social media for case updates. I pray we have an update for Keeslin's case very soon. If you'd like to support the mission of the show and our charity of the month, please check out our Patreon membership page. I will put a link in the description as well as on our Facebook and Instagram pages. If you have any ideas, case suggestions, tips, or any feedback at all, please email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. Please, please, please keep sharing Keeslin's story any way that you can and keep her family in your thoughts and prayers. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Where Are They? We will see you next week with another unsolved case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.